podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi and welcome to the Nina Kauser Show. Oh my gosh, 2-0 against Chelsea. Finally, finally, finally. You know, there's been so much talk and so much hype and the constant, oh, in case you didn't know, five years ago, Steven Gerrard slipped against Chelsea and lost as a title. But you know what, can we put that to bed now? It was um, just karma in the highest order. Two Muslim players serving up Chelsea Football Club was just majestic, 2-0, a clean sheet as well. And of course, and of course, like I said, can we stop going on about the Gerard slip now? Done and dusted. Um, Happy campers here. And um, I'm going to introduce my guests. They are incredible. And first up, I have, I'm going to call him the Navigator because he secured his place again on the Nina Kauser show. You heard him on the previous one. It's Sam Evans. Sam, welcome to the show. I'm loving that comparison. Yeah, you know, you if you if you turn up good, I I reward. I yeah, I had a bit of time out. I had proved myself in training pods, and yeah. now I've, I've had my starting place. You know, kept for the next game, so I'm really happy. Absolutely, absolutely brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. And joining joining Sam was. He's a familiar voice on the Nina Kauser show, but again, we, we reward people and, um, he was a caller on the last one. So, you know what? He's a guy that actually doesn't really need much of an introduction again, much like Sam. It is Tadiva. Tadiva, welcome back. Ah, oh, thanks for having me, Nan. Good game to come back on to. Absolutely. I mean, incredible, incredible stuff. I mean, we might have some callers. I think we're definitely going to be joined by one later on. So, you know what, guys, let's talk about little things, little things. Um, how are you all feeling? And, you know, I think it's great to get your reaction. So how are you feeling after that? And, um, Tadeva, I'll start with you first. After the first half, I was a wreck. Um, but then it seems like the team talk at halftime, credit to Klopp and his staff, they seem to turn it around and, Amazing how quick a game can change. Um, all of a sudden the game was lively and yeah, it was fun to watch, showed great composure towards the end. It ended up becoming a professional win after a very shaky start. So that, that's so good to see that we can go up against a big team with all the pressure we had and put out a performance like that, especially in the second half. Absolutely. Some great points there. Uh, could not agree more. Sam, uh, I want to get your thoughts on that as well, because, you know, just to echo some of the points that Tadeva made there as well. I mean, none of us hold a crystal ball. We don't know who's going to be crowned champions come May. But one thing I have to say is um just so immensely proud of how the team sort of conduct themselves how they play you know i you know i think a few months ago there was this talk about bottle jobs please let's just bin that right now because anything but they are fighting every single game every single game and today was for me in my opinion was a team worthy of champions performance certainly the second half couldn't agree more um you know if if liverpool don't win the league this season now it's nothing to do with bottling it the, the score we have on the board at this moment in time is incredible. The points tally we're going to get is going to be a record for us. 
Um, so there's no chance we could ever say we, we're bottlers. Whatever happens at the end of the season, we've had a great season and we're, put, we're putting it right down to the wire and fingers crossed, you know, Man City drop points between now and the end of the season. Uh, regards to the game, I, I just thought from the off, even though the first half was very cagey and, you know, wasn't the best with, with chances and everything, I really did think that we showed a bit of swagger and, and I wasn't mm. feeling the usual nerves that I do in these types of games. I thought, we really did kind of assert our dominance in the game from early doors. We had a lot of possession. We seemed to take our time and we, we, we really did look like a team that were ready to just try and grind down the opposition and, and bide our time. And that's a, a really, really good thing. And it does show me that the players aren't feeling the pressure as much maybe as us fans are. And they're really, really confident that they're a really good side. And we've got a hell of a good chance of winning this title. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what, let's um, rewind it back a little. And you know what, I think we've got to talk about the team selection. And Tadeva, I think, you know, Jurgen Klopp, I think a lot of people thought maybe he might have dropped a Naby Keita in this game and maybe played a bit more of a safer midfield. But um, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, um, the, the team selection because it was very positive And, you know, you've got to give a lot of credit to Jurgen Klopp there as well, in my opinion. The fact that he went, you know, he went for that kind of midfield in this game. Yeah, it would have been very easy for him to go back to the tried and mm. tested. Um, especially even just before the game, not knowing whether Fabinho would start, purely because he hasn't maybe started as many big games as people would like. So even not even the Cater debate, but the Fabinho one for me was was a question of whether he would start. And he was credit for, for being selected today, also the rest of the team. Um, I thought... The key thing as well was Matip and Robertson coming back into that centre back, um, that defensive partner- yes. partnership. Um, it really seems to work well there with Matip and Van Dyke. Um, in terms of the rest of the team, Keita, I, I could see what Klopp's thinking in that you're playing a, a, a Italian style coach in terms of he's got that defensive tactical nous about him having played in Italy. Um, and you could see what the way Chelsea was set up today. They, they were not wanting to leak too many goals and then hopefully get us on the counter-attack with the fast players. So I thought we needed to have uh, players that were going to be able to break down their defence and credit to Klopp for for being brave enough to play them. We've complained way too much about him not being brave enough. I think he gets the credit for being brave enough this time. Could not agree more. And, you know, you have to give the manager credit where it is due. And this season, he's, you know, he's been pretty solid. And it was, um, Sam, it was very positive to see him to go with that midfield. And, of course, bringing the likes of Matip back as well. And, of course, Robertson. Um, uh, your thoughts on, on the team lineup? Um, you know, do you agree with Tadeva? Anything you'd like to add there before we move on about the game? Yeah, I was absolutely delighted with the starting lineup. Uh, to see Fabinho in that central role again, he gives us such solidity in there and you're breaking up the Chelsea counter-attack which was going to be inevitable today Mm -hmm. I I was so so happy to see him in there and that gave us a chance then to give Henderson another one of his chances to to burst forward which we've seen recently has been absolute an absolute revelation you know we've known for years that it's something he can do really well going back to the 13-14 season but he hasn't really had license to do it for quite a long time so to see Fabinho in there it really gives us a, a license then for Henderson and Keita then to try and bomb forward. You know, Kate, um, Henderson making his late runs and Keita running with the ball at his feet. And I just think it, it was it had a lovely balance to it. So when I saw that on the starting lineup, I, I was really, really happy. 
For sure, for sure. And before we start talking about the game, um, because uh, um, I do have a short attention span, we've got some comments here, so I'm going to read some out. Ollie Chuck, um, he's got some goal XGs for us. Marnie's is not point five nine. Um, Salaz was not point not two, and um, Brett has just uh come in saying such great energy today Nina much deserved three points Hendo and more were outstanding as was Nabi and Alison Bernie um is also pretty much um echoing that as well and she has um we have quite a few players coming into really good form at the same time and a very important time as well Bernie so you're absolutely spot on there um I think we have a caller joining us. It will be Rowan. Rowan, are you there? The floor is yours. What would you like to um, highlight? What would you like to talk about? Yeah, just a couple of points, really, I wanted to make, as usual. Um, the first one was the team selection, which I suppose you guys have covered. I was really surprised that Klopp went with pretty much the same yeah. team. Awesome. Great from him. I thought everyone sort of deserved their starting spot. Hendo was fantastic, I thought, in the second half. Um, mm. I can't really, really pick anybody out. There was a few comments in the um, in the chat about um, you know a few of the players making mistakes, but this is Chelsea. You know, as bad as they've been, there's all that history from the previous games. What was riding on the perform um, on the results? Sorry, I thought the performance was excellent. Um, and then the other point I just wanted to make is the uh, the atmosphere in the stadium was absolutely amazing, and it's been a long time coming, really. I think, um, and I hope you know for the last four games, I think it is in the league that it, it's every home games like that because it was it was incredible absolutely i think no one would disagree with anything that you've said there and um sam i'm going to come to you because um i think the atmosphere was absolutely brilliant and i think you know um the fact that we're coming up to 30 years for you know the hillsborough anniversary as well i think it was a very emotional crowd and i think you know there was a lot riding on it and and I was, I'm not going to lie, I was a little nervous about, um, you know, the, the minute silence with the Chelsea fans, but I have to give them respect because I think they observed it with class. Yeah, the, the atmosphere really did come across on the TV, to be fair. Um, you know, usually it's something that's kind of in the background and you won't necessarily notice it today. It was crystal clear just how much those guys were up for it. And, you know, I, I, Going into the second half, us playing into the cop, I, I thought that they pretty much sucked those two goals into the net. The, the, the atmosphere was electric, that they were really up for it and they were desperate now to just to put that to bed. And this whole the media narrative is just bizarre at the moment. They seem to be willing Man City on, you know, despite all of their kind of financial doping and all sorts of things that's allegedly going on. Liverpool seems to be the the enemy for some reason, and I'm not quite understanding why that narrative is. And they seem to be willing on now for Chelsea to have this same thing happen again now, where you know we have that messed we mess it up against them you know, on the same day that Crystal Palace are playing against Man City. But you know we've put that absolutely to bed now. And we've got four winnable games remaining. So now pressure's right back on Man City. For sure. And to Diva, your thoughts as well, because I feel like when the crowd really get behind the team, the team really does respond. I mean, you only have to go back to the Leicester game at the beginning of the year where the crowd, it was I think it was a really cold night. Um, it was a midweek kickoff against Leicester and the crowd were just non-responsive. And, you know, I think those things really do filter down. And I think because we are such we are hitting such a finish line as well. 
with like only four games to go after this and everything to play for. We're still in the Champions League as well. It just seems like there seems to be a lot of energy um, amongst the fans and they know that they have a massive part to play in this. I think it's not just a growth on the pitch, but it's a growth off the, off the pitch for Liverpool. Um, in terms of the way Klopp, and I think he's taken the lead in terms of helping us get back to where we were in terms of fans expecting title title races year in, year out, being able to go through a season of, of t- uh, being in a title race and you know not losing your head, not getting all those grey hairs that we seem to be getting. Um, and he's brought that with him in terms of, you, you can see him on the touchline, certain times in the game where he's putting his hands up, he's getting the crowd G'd up again. Um, it's, it's a learning process for us, for, for a lot of us uh, in, in terms of, you know, quite a few of the crowd may not have seen or experienced the, the titles that Liverpool had at an age where you truly understand what is going on. You know, maybe a lot of people were a bit younger. You might not truly understand what it meant each game, going to each game, you know, what each game means, what each minute of each game means. Whereas now it seems to be a, a, a thing that we've developed now. Champions League is no longer now, you know, something that we're scared of in terms of making top four. Um, we've gotten used to that. And then now we're getting used to being title challenges, hopefully for years to come. And you can even see, I think, I think I'm correct in saying that we've already secured second place now in the league. So that on its own is, is incredible in terms of what's been able to be achieved over this season already. But definitely we're, we're, we're not stopping here. We, we want to go all the way, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. And Rowan, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring you in. I mean, you kind of, um, we kind of discussed the points that you've kind of mentioned above. So we thought we'd, you know, stick to, you know, the fan element of things. And I want to get your thoughts on basically what the lads have said and, um, how important do you think a, a strong fan base will be in the title running? Like, obviously, uh, I think City, like, we're, we're quite famous for being quite loud. I think City fans are equally as notorious for being quiet. Um, h- how big do you think that plays on, on the players, do you think? And, and of course, you know, the, the manager as well, because, you know, you know, you look at Pep Guardiola, he's managed at the likes of Barcelona. You know, they're quite loud fans. They're used to winning. Same with them, um, you know, Bayern Munich. And here he is at Manchester City. You know, a lot of the times they can't, uh, uh, fill out a stadium so I want to get your thoughts on, on that yeah it's going to be huge Nina um, you know I think I've often said you know a few times I wish our fan base at times were like the Portsmouth fan base who just sing and sing and sing win lose or draw I think it's what we need to do now we need to be behind the boys all the way to the end no matter what happens because they've given us again an incredible season I think you know the numbers speak for themselves for sure yeah and, and in terms of you know the difference I think if there's one thing that City and Pep Guardiola could take from Liverpool it would be um, the fan base you know not just our history but the fan base and the way we support our club the atmosphere we generate especially on you know European nights at Anfield it's second to none almost you know so so yeah I think it's going to be huge for us we just got to stay behind them all the way now for the last four games no matter what happens Absolutely anything else you'd like to add before we let you go? No I'm just looking forward to you guys talking about that um, Salah goal because, you know, it was, oh, it was, gonna, it was all right, it. wasn't it? It wasn't bad. Oh, it, it wasn't bad at all. <laughs> you know, you know, meh. <laughs> thank you so much for calling in and, you know, some great points there. Awesome. Have a great show, guys. You too. You too. Okay. Um, 
Sam, I'm going to come to you. And I think what we need to do is talk about um, the, the first half. And uh, I think both yourself and Tadeva kind of um, spoke about this. And I think Tadeva kind of mentioned that he was a little bit frustrated and I'll get to him in a minute. Um, a little, you know, there was a little frustration because it it just seemed like the way Chelsea was set up, it was pretty much every man sort of was um, in a kind of defensive position. They were, you know, if they were going to do anything, it would be on, on the counter. And if chances came, it was few and far between. I think we had two very good chances and we, we didn't take them. But I think a lot of people thought, oh, the second half's going to be much of a muchness. But speaking of the first half, you know, they, we had a lot of possession. I felt like, um, you know, we were, we were trying to create things and I didn't act, act, you know, I think Ashley Cole was here for us on Sky Sports and he said, I think Chelsea were the better team. And I was just sat there thinking, I think it's been quite equal in, in a sense that for me, it was like an end to end kind of game. I was just getting frustrated because there wasn't an awful lot of chances being presented. But I thought in terms of the quality of football, I thought Liverpool, every single player on that pitch, seem to have really, really stepped up and, you know, knew their position, knew what they needed to do. I want to get your thoughts on this. Yeah, personally, I think I totally disagree with Ashley Cole then. I think we mm. were clearly the better side overall. Um, you know, Chelsea did have that 10-minute period after we scored our second where they were definitely... The You're not alone, side. by the way. Graham Suness disagreed with him as well and shot him yeah. the biggest, filthiest look you can possibly imagine. <laughs> well, <great. laughs> Graham knows his stuff. He might not have done too well when he's managing, but he, you know, he is a hell of a player and he knows his stuff. So, uh, yeah, and I wouldn't want to disagree with him either because he'll fill me in. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I totally think it was it was a sterile domination in the first half. I thought we were in control of proceedings, and even though it was, you know, it wasn't loads and loads of chances. As you said, we had that Salah volley, and we had that really, really good chance for Mane as well, which he put wide. So, uh, you know, some people might have thought the first half performance wasn't the best, but we could have easily gone in 2-0 up, uh, you know, if we had our shooting boots on. So, uh, personally, I think it was it was one of those first halves. We were kind of just going to assert ourselves on the game, slowly grinding Chelsea down, and then we saw exactly what was going to happen then in the second half. And what about yourself, Tadeva? Because um, I I felt like um, uh, you know, it was pretty much there was a lot of quick turnover in in terms of um, in terms of the midfield. I felt like that's where teams were moving pretty quick um, from both sides. Um, I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I thought I think the concern for me was the speed at which at which we were moving the ball and fair play. Maybe we were just being patient. Um, it, it, it's one of those games. Um, where you can't really go too reckless, um, but I thought there were there were times where we could speed up the passing a bit more, and then some of the passing, the decision making was a bit off. But as as has been said, you're playing a really good team with a manager that's really good. Um, despite the issues that they're having, you do make a good point, though, Tadeva, because that one point when we did have a quick turnover of turnover in possession in attack actually led to I think was it Mane's chance where it was just yeah. one touch football. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Because they were so packed in midfield and mm. at the back, you're not going to be able to move them around too well with, you know, slow build-up. It needs to be those quick one or two touches running into the spaces that are left when you're playing against a team with the back three um, or, you know, d- defensive shape that they, they were put, putting into the game. Um, but I thought, obviously, with the turnaround in the second half, and I'm sure we'll get to that, um, you could see the difference and you could see maybe that that was the same mentality Klopp had. 
Um, but I, I remember at halftime, I think I tweeted something like, we need to be well gone from this team the moment Hazard switches um, to the left wing because I thought Willian was getting so much space in behind Trent. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. that for me, um, I was surprised that Sarri didn't maybe even switch Willian and Hazard there because I thought Hazard could have really used that space a lot better than William seemed to be using it. And I'm just glad he didn't do that. So, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I have to agree with you there. That, that was my only concern in, in terms of, oh, he's getting too much of the ball. And um, that wasn't because Trent Alexander-Arnold was having a terrible game. No, he just was in an advanced position and maybe he could have had a bit more backup on, on his side of the flank. I completely agree with you there. And Sam, I'm going to come to you because uh, you kind of spoke about, um, we're just going to randomly just talk about players and how they performed in the first half and then we move to second. But for me, one of my standout, I mean, I thought everyone played well throughout the game. I don't actually have a negative criticism for anyone, which is always, always a good thing, right? But I think for me, one of the highlights, one of the players that I think was the difference why it stayed nil-nil and I'm so glad we have this kind of player was um, Fabinho. And I felt like every time they went on the counter, he was snapping at heels. And of course, he put in that that glorious tackle against um, uh, Hazard and, you know, just completely took him out. But I think that is something that this Liverpool team has certainly been missing and lacking. And I think when a team is quick to break away on the counter, you need that kind of player. And I feel like you need that kind of muscle. And I think he certainly delivered it. It's something we were absolutely crying out for last season. Um, you know, we we had no problem attacking. We could see that it was clear as day. You know, we got an absolutely special front three, which we'll get on to later. So it's something we needed to do. You know, we're always going to be in the ascendancy in games, but we always had a problem kind of keeping the back door shut, watching out for the counter-attacks. Fabinho is so, so key in doing that. You know, the amount of times today when he was tracking back, if he didn't get the tackle in, he got back to make the player have to turn back and, and slow down the counter-attack, gets little fouls in. And, and and he's so much more than that as well. You know, he is an orchestrator. His passing is excellent. He, he's really calm on the ball. It, it's just, it's everything you want in a central midfielder. And I think he's so, so vital to this Liverpool team. He gives us excellent balance because, you know, there was a, quite a few times today where Chelsea had excellent chances to break and he just snuffed them out time after time mm-hmm. and was, was so, so key to us today. So I, I, I love the guy, absolutely. And I just think he, he's someone that needs to start every single game and it just gives us that a little extra bit of security then where we know we've got a great chance for a clean sheet then. And then that's all we need to do is score that one goal. And usually we'll, we'll leave with the three points. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And Tadeev, I'm going to come to you. I mean, we've kind of spoken about Fabinho there. I want to get your thoughts on him. And who else do you think were maybe the key components of that first half? Because I think an old look Liverpool side, maybe under previous managers, I think with some of those, um, you know, those counters that, um, the counterattacks that he had um, an older, you know, an old Liverpool side might have been punished. So I want to get your thoughts as, as to who you thought was um, pretty much, um, you know, the key performers to, you know, keeping it nil-nil. Yeah, I, I have to agree with the Fabinho shot. And the, the really cool thing about Fabinho today was that the ref allowed him to play his game. Because yes. I've seen some of the tackles that Fabinho has done. And he's done those exact same tackles. And the ref will give a foul guess, for it. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And because it's Eden Hazard and I'm, I'm not saying he's a protective player, but Hazard does get the kicked, you know, quite a lot in games. So sometimes mm-hmm. he does get the rub of the green 
with referees. And I thought the ref played it well in that Fabinho wasn't being, he wasn't, it wasn't like he was fouling him, but he was leaving something in there. He had a bit of stick to his challenges, which I liked, Mm. um, but they were all really clean challenges. And thank God the ref allowed it to happen. So it just helped the game flow. Um, I thought also for me, Matip is the unsung hero for, for today. The communication he has with Van Dyke has been really awesome watching it develop. And you can see a few times where just the understanding of how many times they cross over between Matip moving to the left center back and Van Dyke moving to the right or vice versa in the games, depending on how a player is running at them, how they're attacking. Um, I thought it worked really, really well. And yeah, Matip had a good game for me. For sure, for sure. And Tadeva, sticking with you, I think one of the things that really impressed me about the midfield trio and even the attackers as well, like the front three, um, one thing that really kind of impressed me was the amount of ground they were covering. You know, you saw, you know, at times Firmino defending, at times you saw Jordan Henderson everywhere, Naby Keita trying to dribble through the centre. I think he put in a gorgeous pass for, was it Sadio Mane in the first half? Um, And, you know, just the vision and just everything there seemed to be a nice sort of balance. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on that. I think it, it's part and parcel of being a clock team. You have to have the energy. And mm-hmm. you can see even stylistically with the, the type of players that we've brought in, um, they, there's a lot demanded of them in terms of energy. And you might not necessarily get into that, for example, our midfield, purely because of your talent. You could lose out because you're not putting in the energy. And we saw that at the beginning of the season you're not going to get away with being a talented footballer who's not willing to work if you want to be in a club team. Um, so I thought they, they put in a lot of energy. Henderson, um, my biggest worry with him was moving him to the advanced role with the injury that he's had. Can he do it over a long period of time? That's still to be seen. But for what he's producing at the moment, I mean, having a, 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 a proper number six behind him that allows Henderson to be that box-to-box midfield the way he uses his lungs which is probably his was his biggest asset in you know like 13 14 as sky seems to want to bring up every two seconds leading up to this game but um yeah it, it it's just we we're willing to work a lot harder than the other teams it seems and and that's bearing fruit absolutely and sam i'm gonna come to you because of course you know We're going to talk about the second half, but, you know, despite, you know, Liverpool, you know, we're going to have to fight for every chance that they got. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this because usually at half time, when Liverpool have that kind of frustrating game, um, uh, against a team that, you know, pretty much tries playing a low block, you know, you see a lot of, you see a lot of shouts for, you know, subs to be made at half time that this player isn't quite working was not the case today. I thought everyone really played really well. And of course, second half happened. We came out and um, we just looked like a different team. And I think Sky kind of, I think it was Jamie Carragher who said, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep this intensity, Chelsea, because as we all know, they have been a very, very inconsistent side in the Premier League. And, um, of course, um, uh, you know, the, the intensity did drop off from them because in the first half they were trying to press our midfield and they were certainly trying to press our like fullbacks in Robertson and stuff. And, um, I felt like in the second half we just came out with, um, you know, even more aggression and intensity and more fight about us. I want to get your thoughts. Um, how did you think we came out in the first half? Because I think we were pretty much, you know, just aggressive from the get go. Is that the, the first half or the second half now? Second half now. Sec- second half. Yeah. So I, I- I, as I touched on earlier, I thought we were just 
biding out time first half. And you could see the amount of work that Chelsea had put in. You know, it was a very good point about them. It looked like I couldn't see them keeping that up for 90 minutes. The amount that we were moving them about the pitch. We've been very, very patient. So I don't know what Klopp did at, at half time. I don't know if it was always the, the plan to come out of the blocks fast in the second half. Yeah, so in the second half, obviously, Jordan Henderson, as we've just touched on, was absolutely key for us to get that first goal. Um, you know, we've ne- it's never been in doubt, really, that he's a, he's a physical specimen. He's someone that can he'll run all day for you. He's got the legs. He, he's someone that we've never had a, a problem with that. It's just something that we've had a problem with is the position that we've we've been playing him. And at times he has struggled with that role. Now that we've got Fabinho in the team, we, we saw the evidence straight away in the second half. I think he's just been excellent the last few games, Henderson. And i got to give him credit for it. And he played that ball on an absolute plate for Man. It was a brilliant cross in. And, you know, he, he just couldn't miss, could he? Mm. So, yeah, it just it, it was an excellent start to the second half. And I don't know if you want me to hold back talking about the second goal for now. Um, hold back. I'll hold, hold fire. Uh, hold fire. Just watch a lot of gifts. We, we'll do about half an hour on that one in a bit then. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just, it was such a good start to the second half. We, we came up with real intent and we thought, bollocks to this. We're not leaving you with a draw. We're going to banish all the demons. And, you know, what a way to start the second half. Absolutely. And Steve, I want to get your thoughts on what was, um, you know, what was the key difference? Because Steve Peets has asked, you know, what was the key, you know, what were the key differences between the first and second half? I felt like the intensity, uh, as you know, both myself, both myself and Sam have kind of um, mentioned there, but I felt like we were just quicker with the ball. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't let them settle. It was definitely the speed with which we were moving the ball. And um, it sort of reminded me of uh, either boxing or MMA fight, like mixed martial arts, something like that, where we threw a lot of the body punches maybe in the first half, got them really tired, and then second half we turned it up and started going for the kill. Um, so maybe the frustration that I've spoken about in the first half that I had or that other fans had, it's worth it um, in terms of how we we were moving them side to side constantly. And then second half, we went really direct. And, and that seemed to help us, um, especially at the start of the second half. And then it was now just a matter of, can we be professional enough to um, control the game? They had a few scary chances. Um, but yeah, you we've got really good center back and a goalkeeper that came in this last summer for that exact reason. So yeah. It ended up being a, a lot better in the second half, but maybe it's due to the work that was done in the first half. So well done to them. For sure. And sticking with you, Tadeva, I mean, Sam kind of mentioned it, but Jordan Henderson, I think the commentators on my side um, were saying that, you know, um, that Jordan Henderson kind of, you know, pretty much with that assist kind of, um, you know, stepped up at, at like a Steven Gerrard kind of level. It's just great to see him in such advanced positions. You know, um, you the assist was just brilliant. Oh, the composure as well. To, mm. to usually players are just blasting that as low and as hard across the box and hoping yes. someone gets a tap in. So the the, expo- the composure to just dink it to the far post, and then I thought Mane jumped way too high for how low <laughs> how slow that ball was going. So he seemed like he was in the air for for years. But um, yeah, it, it was and it was good also tenacity in terms of how much it showed how much we stepped up in the second half because we fought for that ball inside their box for you know they didn't get a free touch in that box and it eventually ended up with Henderson 
you know, getting that dink across the box. And as we said earlier, the energy he brings is is tremendous. And it was his, one of his biggest assets. Maybe the injury made made people cautious in terms of where, how far forward he was being allowed to play. But if he can go on playing the way he's playing at the moment, there's no way anyone's going to be taking him out of the team, I don't think. Yeah, he was, um, I remember way back when in 13, 14, um, and, um, obviously I, I joined AI the season after. So, you know, it was, it was, um, at post Luis Suarez. And, um, I remember the likes of like Gags and Dave Hendrick used to call him the energizer bunny, you know, from last season. Oh, he was an absolute, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, the Giracell Energizer Bunny. And uh, I think that was definitely the case today. He covered so much ground. He was literally everywhere. And you know what? Because um, Sam wants to talk about this goal, and Tadeev, I'm sure you do as well. Both of you just chip in. And, you know, Mo Salah gets the ball. You see Jordan Henderson pointing his finger saying, play the ball there to me. And Mo Salah's like, not today, son, not today. And just talk to me about that goal. And Sam, you know what? I'll come to you first. What a fucking strike. Because when he hit that and it went in, I just screamed. Oh, it was so, so good. We went absolutely ballistic in the pub, uh, jumping on tables, everything. Everyone went absolutely wild. Um, it was, it was, there was a, like a strangely muted celebration for the first goal. I think it was because there was still a bit of nerves about the game and just knew that, you know, it's not over yet. But when that goal went in, everyone went absolutely nuts. And I, I just think, you know, even though the narrative was that Salah went on a bad run when he hadn't scored for eight games, I think it was eight games, um, he was still playing well, I thought. You know, he, mm. he'd, he'd been doing a lot for the team. He's been very wide right. You know, previously they, they moved him central and were scoring a lot of goals. He was very wide right and he'd been doing a lot for the team. But I think scoring that 50th goal and finally getting that, I think since then he has brought his level up another couple of notches yet again and I thought he was exceptional today he was he was a threat the whole time and you can just see there's a there's that weight is off his shoulders you know he hasn't been trying those shots from distance for a long time he's been playing a lot safer and you know usually that is the best option is to not shoot from distance but he saw it open up and you know his confidence is just sky high at the moment and what a strike you know there's a few people in the pub saying the keeper should have done better and everything. And I just said, come on, he, he must have hit it 70 mile an hour plus <laughs> flying into the top corner. is an absolute worldy of a goal. And if Liverpool end up winning the league title this season, that's going to be one of the absolute key moments of this season. And what a goal to do it. For sure, for sure. And Tadeva, going to come to you because... I think the first goal was a nerve settler. Like, yes, we got one. And I think um, I want to I want to get your thoughts on first of all how you reacted to the goals, and secondly, I think the beautiful thing about the Marcelo goal, aside from it being a majestic strike, is how quick it came after the first. And yeah. you know what? It was just like, oh my, this could be a cricket score. You know, one of them. <laughs> it was two quick shots that um, it, it was so beautiful. To, I, I don't think anyone had even calmed down yet from the first yes. one and we're already celebrating the second one and uh, as, as has been said with that second one I think there was no way you were going to convince Salah to pass that ball um, it, it seemed to fall so well for him and he caught it so clean mm. um, and you, you have to remember for the keepers not just the movement of these balls nowadays but the amount of bodies that are in front of them um, it's very easy being on the chair thinking oh he could have saved that but um, it's also something that could have caught the keeper off guard, but 
credit to Salah for, you know, taking the strike on and, and he caught it so clean. Um, and it, I think that goal was bigger than Mo Salah in terms of everything that's gone on off the field this past week for him to get that goal. And we saw his celebration. I think it really meant, uh, it really meant a lot, not, not just for him, but for, you know, the, the bigger picture of what's happening around football at the moment. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was fitting for him to score it. And if we do win the league, it will definitely be one of the first goals that you see on those highlight packages. And I can't wait to see one of the, I can't wait to see those. For sure. But you know what, Tadiva, you didn't answer the question, how did you react when that went in? I just screamed. Yeah, I, I started clapping. <laughs> standing <laughs> ovation, standing ovation. Like that. It was, yeah, surprisingly, it was a calmer celebration than, than I'm used to. But yeah, I just stood up and started clapping. And yeah. you, from that moment at Anfield, 2-0 up, you breathe a sigh of relief. Um, and, and, and then now it's just about seeing the game out. So yeah, it, it was such a good... Such a good one. And the, the problem for me was the Masters is on at the moment as well. So the, the, you can hear from like other, you know, apartments and stuff, you can hear screams for the Masters and screams for the football. So it's just tempering your, your celebrations a yeah, bit. Yeah, like, ooh, wonder yeah. what they're celebrating there. I can, <laughs> I can imagine, like, you're thinking, hmm, yeah, he's watching the golf and he's watching the football. And Tadeva sticking with you because after that, I felt like everyone kind of fancied their chances. I think Roberto Firmino came close um, a few times. But um, I think we've got to talk about the front three because today, for me, um, all season we've been saying all front three haven't, you know, they've not all been on it at once. And today, I felt like everyone really was on their A game. I think after that Salah goal, he, I mean, for me, Sadio Mane was a constant, constant, constant threat throughout the whole game. But after, uh, I think Mo Salah scored that goal, he just turned into a pit bull. And, you know, we all know um, Roberto Firmino's industry and the energy that he has. But the front three today, for me, were magic. It seemed like everyone's chest was puffed, you know, that extra mm-hmm. centimetre more forward. And yeah, you could see we, we saw them as someone that was on the ropes that we could really go for the kill. Um, and maybe that's what led to some of their chances later on in the game. But, um, yeah, you're going 2-0 up, especially having seen, you know, City win that game. The players would have known the score, whether or not they watched the game. They definitely knew what the score was in that game. So to be 1-0 up, you're still nervy. To now be 2-0 up in the space of two minutes, you can see how much it meant to the players. And it, it's it's just a bigger statement of, this is, this, you know what I mean? Um, take that city. It's not just take that Chelsea. It's take that city. Look what we're doing. And everyone just turned it up and, and was going for it. He's th- Absolutely. And Sam, I want you wanted to speak about the front three. So go on then. Give me your thoughts. Because um, I thought today, all three of them, pretty decent. There's, there's no two ways about it. That front three, those guys are big match players. The, the balls on those guys, they always bring it out when it matters and I thought as you said you know we've had bursts of each one of them playing well throughout the season maybe with one of them not quite so good as you said guys today I thought all three of them were fantastic today I thought for me no right he was doing so much of the the donkey work the amount of times you know we were talking about Fabinho earlier the amount of times Fabinho was winning the ball back mm-hmm. or, or pressing and getting them to to have to play the ball backwards breaking things up or putting them under pressure. I thought Firmino was tireless all game and he was absolutely vital to this win that we had today. Um, I thought Mane was just absolutely electric. Uh, he And you could see in the second half now, coming into the last 20 minutes, 
he was looking up and he was looking at very, very tired players. And he just started taking them on again. You know, you'd think it was the first 10 minutes, the energy he was showing. So uh, th- those guys are just so, so fit. And it was just a joy to behold. And then Salah, you know, we've already touched on Salah, but mm-hmm. but what a player. Um, you know, sometimes you'll give the ball away and you think, oh, that was a bit careless. But it, if you remember with Suarez, he was an incredible player, but he gave the ball away one hell of a lot. And it was because he was trying things and he was trying to get past the player. And once you get past the player, then the defences are down. So it, it's something with Salah. That you, you know, you have to put up with now and again, but it's just, just so exciting to watch. So to see all three of them today on fire and all over the place and, and chasing down those Chelsea players was just so, so good. And it, it was, it, Dotty touched on it earlier in the chat, as you said. We've got a lot of players now coming into form all at the same time. And to have the front three doing that. And when you add in someone like Naby Keita, who has had a quiet season, so he's going to be pretty fresh. We've given Wijnaldum now a little break, which is great. Um, so that's excellent to see. Now he's going to have a chance now to really kick into the last few games of the season. You know, we've got loads of players. Henderson now has got, he's like another player all of a sudden in an attacking level because th- there is a time now and again, I feel that, we're relying a bit too much on crosses. And then if Robertson and and Trent's crosses aren't quite on the money, then maybe we can struggle to score. But we've added those extra elements now. And I just think we're, we're on absolute fire now. And why can't we do the double? Absolutely, Sam. And Sam, sticking with you because we're 2-0 up. Um, we're amazing. We're buzzing. And it seemed like the Reds, uh, Liverpool weren't quite finished or didn't think they were finished. And, you know, they were still trying to attack with that same intensity. But only Liverpool Football Club can do this to you. You could be 2-0 up and give you some heart attacks. Eden Hazard. Talk to me. I mean, Alisson was, um, for the first one, of course, he hit the post, but I think Alisson did enough there to put him off. Um, and of course, uh, you know, the, the second strike, you know, Alison was, uh, you know, absolutely incredible in, in getting the save. Um, so talk to me about that because I felt like that was maybe not naive, but, um, at, at that time it was like you're two nil up. You don't really need to commit your full backs that forward, but I think you're just so used to it. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, if if you ever want to get a lot of replies from Chelsea fans, that's all you need to do is just mention that Hazard only turns up once or twice a season and they'll go absolutely ballistic on you, right? Um, I only do that in jest. I do that now and again if I fancy chatting to people. Uh, but um, in, in all seriousness, the guy is incredible uh, on his day. And today, I, he was always going to be the danger man. And in that second half, once we were 2-0 down, he really did turn it on. And, you know, I think um, you guys have touched on it earlier when he went to the left. He caused us all sorts of problems. And, you know, as Tadiwa said earlier, that Matt Dip was very good. Uh, and, and I totally agree with him. Uh, but because Hazard's runs were so bloody good, he couldn't get near him that second half. And he, he lost him a couple of times and he ended up with one-on-ones. And as you said, Alisson was absolutely vital there. That's all you can do in that position. Peter Schmeichel-esque, just make yourself as big as possible. And uh, to be fair, Alisson kind of predicted that he was going to go to ground with his shot to hit the post, uh, but the ball went through his legs uh, and it still ended up getting through. But thank God the post was there. I just think the gods 
thought we've had enough punishment now with this whole Chelsea narrative. It is getting a bit boring. Um, so even though Hazard was doing his utmost to, to get the goals, and he, he was fantastic, to be fair to him, and he is unplayable on occasion, everything went with us in that second half when it came to the chances that Chelsea had. You know, we all know, doesn't matter how good our defence is, if it would have gone 2-1, there would have been a lot of twitchy people in that crowd and in the pub I was sitting in. So I was so, so happy that we just managed to keep that clean sheet in position so we could go into injury time and totally confident we were still leaving with the three points. Absolutely. And Tadeev, I'm going to come to you. I want to get your thoughts on, you know, the Hazard chances and, you know, Liverpool pretty much going all out attack. And, you know, that at 2-0, could it have been costly? But I, I think we've got to talk about just having a world-class quality goalkeeper. And it's also worth noting as well, he didn't have an awful lot to do in, in the first half and in the second. And sometimes we can talk about goalkeepers and them switching off and not being match alert because they've not had nothing to do. But my God, two big chances and he was so alert. I want to get your thoughts on that. That's the difference between a world-class keeper and a good keeper or a mm. great keeper or a decent keeper is, and we've seen over the past, you know, years at Liverpool after Pepe Reina, you know, the likes of Mignolet and stuff. Mignolet is not a bad keeper. He's a decent keeper. He's an okay keeper. But if you're going for a title, you need a world-class keeper. And Alisson is showing that. Um, you know, the, the difference with those world-class keepers is they can do nothing for 90 minutes. And then in the night, you know, in one minute, they're asked to pull off a save and whether or not they can pull it off. So the concentration levels for them are incredibly high. Um, I thought, you know, it's one of those performances from Allison where no one is going to speak about it in the media. It's going to be all about the goals and the way Hazard maybe missed the chances or whatever. But for Allison, as, as, as Sam has said, he spreads himself really, really big. He guessed where Hazard was going to place that shot and it, just goes through his legs and then also for the volley he makes himself absolutely massive and how many times have we seen this season where strikers have a really good chance to hit either a volley or a shot and they hit it straight into Allison? that's not by accident that's not a coincidence if it keeps happening it's clearly something that he's doing to put them off so long may that continue and he's he's proving his worth this season I think Couldn't agree more, couldn't agree more. And you know what, let's carry on sticking to this. And Tadeva, I'm going to stick with you because it seemed like Jurgen Klopp kind of noticed that we were just a bit, maybe a little overzealous with trying to get a few goals. And I think Rowan made a point there that Naby Keita was absolutely excellent, could not agree more, but the change was needed. And we kind of needed to tighten up just in the midfield because, you know, we 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 needed to be a bit more sort of defensive minded. And of course he brings on Ginny Wijnaldum. So talk to me about, you know, the, the tactical switch there in terms of like, you know, a, a player like Ginny, Ginny Wijnaldum in that game. Yeah, it definitely just calms the game down because I thought mm. the thing was Chelsea seemed to enjoy when the enter in pace increased. That's when yes. Hazard really came to life. And we just needed someone to get on the ball and just slow it down. And Ginny does that really well. Um, and obviously bringing Milner in as well to, to bring that experience to the game, that helps as well. Um, I thought Klopp played the substitutions really well. Um, it was the right time in the game to make them. And, you know, just, just to shut out any hope of Chelsea maybe getting a sneaky goal or something like that, just to make it really nervous 
towards the end. So, yeah, I, I thought it was the right call to bring them in. We don't need to go for the third, the fourth, the fifth. I, I think it's safe to say if this goes down to goal difference, I think City will pip us because they, they've got a really good or high goal difference. So let's not really focus too much on the goal difference. Let's focus on just getting the, the Ws on, on the scoreboard. So, yeah, I think that was the mentality. For sure. And, you know, um, Sam, I'm going to come to you because how amazing is it to have, you know, players off the bench that can change the complexion of the game? And Ginny certainly did that. I want to get your thoughts on Klopp subs. He was a perfect sub for the way the game was going, to be fair. Um, we were all getting a bit anxious the way that Hazard was playing. We were all starting to panic a little bit. And we really needed just a steady Eddie in there just to just to see out the last, was it half an hour, 20 minutes when mm. he came on? Um, just, just he, He's been excellent for us this season. And there were signs in his last couple of games when I'll, that his legs were starting to go and he really did need a break. And I think it's come at a perfect time for him when Naby was actually able to step into his shoes and, and play yes. really well for us. Good so it, it, it's, all, it's all coming together. You know, as Millhouse of Simpsons would say, it's all coming up Millhouse. Uh, so <laughs> it's, 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 it's perfect timing. We are, you know, Klopp does always try to set up his teams to peak for the tail end of the season. We've, we've seen it a number of times and I think that's why we're such a good cup team and that's why we, we've seen us do so, so well in Europe with Klopp. And it's the way he manages his, his squads. And the, the way he manages his squads now is a lot more manageable because we've now got more players in there that are able to step up and do the job. And so now we're not noticing a massive drop-off when he does rest one of the guys. We've got a cater that can step in. You know, we've, we've even got Shakiri in there who hasn't done anything for a while. You know, we know he can step in and do a job for us now and again. That There's guys in there. When Alden was out today, we didn't miss him. But, you know, next game now, I won't be surprised if he's starting. So it's, it's, it's so exciting to see. And we're, we're seeing guys hitting form at the absolute perfect time with massive, massive games coming up into the last month. And I think... It's, it's perfect timing and let's just hope now that City can just slip up and we can just capitalise and create something really, really magical this season. Fingers crossed, Sam, fingers crossed. And to Diva, of course, the other change, I mean, we don't, I don't know the extent of Jordan Henderson's um, injury, but it looked like he, he pulled something. I want to get your thoughts on that. And of course, James Milner comes on because he had such a good game and had he played the full game, I think he would have been in a strong contention to be man of the match, in my opinion. So I want to get your thoughts on... Um, I've not heard anything on on Jordan Henderson. I hope it's not as you know as a bigger injury as feared. But of course, James Milner comes on, and I think he does a pretty okay job. I, I thought it was the the kick right in the plantar fasciitis or whatever that injury he has yes. to heal. Um, and I, I I don't know. Maybe it's one of those where he feels it a bit more than someone would usually do. I'm, I'm no you know, doctor or anything mm. like that. But I know, for example, I, I ruptured my Achilles tendon and mm. whenever I get kicked there or if I bump it, I feel it way more than someone should really feel it. Yeah. So, but then within, you know, a couple of not even minutes or hours, you, you're fine. But in that moment, it's quite excruciating. And as I said, I prefaced it by saying I'm not qualified to to comment on the 
the medical side of it, but perhaps maybe it's something like that where because he's, his heel is a bit more prone, he feels it a bit more. And then at this point in the season, you're winning the game. You don't want to risk it. Just get him off the pitch. Let's slow the game down. Um, and then he can fight another day. He's definitely earned his place in terms of being a key player in this team. So um, we don't want to risk him. I'm hoping that's what the, the, the situation was. For sure. And your thoughts on, on that, um, Sam? Um, I, again, I don't, I'm, I've not heard anything about the extent of injury and I hope it is what Tadeva said that it was hang on. He's picked up a knock. Let's just take him off because we don't want to risk him. And of course, James Milner comes on. I think he did an all right job. Yeah, fingers crossed. I, I didn't notice any injury to Henderson myself. Um, I, I just looked at it and thought he's, he's played a number of games now in quick succession and he's been showing great energy. Uh, maybe today Klopp had told him, look, give it your all for 70, 75 minutes and we'll be bringing you off. So uh, fingers crossed, they're just kind of saving his legs a bit. You know, as as you've said, he's had a few problems with uh, plantar fasciitis a few times. Uh, well, for a long time now, ever since 13, 14, really, he's been struggling. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just protecting him now, keeping him fresh. Uh, we were 2-0 up at that point. We didn't need his attacking runs anymore. We just needed a shut-up shop. And I just think, you know, bringing on Milner, bringing on Genie was just a really good couple of substitutions just to make 100% sure that we were going to get over that finish line and, and get the three points. For sure, for sure. And, I mean, guys, I think we've pretty much discussed the key points of this game. Um, I'm going to come around to you, see if there's anything you'd like to discuss that we can discuss. So, you know what, Tadeva, I will come to you first. Um, I think maybe just the, 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 the question that I wanted to ask, do you think that the narrative is going to change from the media in terms of now all the pressure surely is on City in terms of their fixtures that they have coming up or are they just going to continue to try and put the pressure on Liverpool, which seems to be the trend this season? Oh, it's a good one. I mean, Sam, what do you think? Because you, you, you kind of said earlier in the pod that Man City are the darlings of the media, which is so, so strange. But I want to get your thoughts on that. Um, do, do you think that it'll shift? I think City have got some big, by the way, I, I love the fact that City lost their Champions League game to Spurs and I'm happy for your missus to Diva as well. But I love the fact that they actually have to play a game at the Etihad and then they've got to play them again in the league. Uh, I want to get your thoughts, Sam. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I'm hoping now. In a in a strange way, I'm kind of hoping that Man City come back and, and knock Spurs out in the Champions League because they've got Spurs again in the league so soon after. It it might then you might then see Spurs come back and get a get a result in the league game. You know, we had something similar. I think they touched on it today actually when we lost to Chelsea in the FA Cup final. And then we played them again a few days later and we smashed them out off the park in the league. Mm. Um, I'm hoping we might get something similar to happen uh, for Man City. I just think if they go crashing out of the Champions League, they can put 100% of their efforts then into the league campaign and make sure that they get over the line. So I, I kind of like the fact that they've got this distraction of the Champions League at the moment. Um, so I think... What about the media? What, what, where do you think the media are going to play in this? Um, do, do you think it's all press runners? Because we are the chasing team. 
yeah, well, the, the the beauty at the moment is that we've got the points on the board. And even though they've they've got a game in hand, it's it's something that they need to win. And obviously they've been exceptional, you know, since since they've beaten us, they've they've been unbelievable in the league, to be fair to them. And uh, you know, they they've gone on one hell of a run. But we keep getting the results. And they must have been looking at our fixtures, knowing that we had Spurs, knowing that we had a resurgent Southampton away, knowing that we had Chelsea who we hadn't beaten at home for seven years. Yes. They must. They must have thought we were going to be dropping points there. That was the acid test for this Liverpool side, and we've come out on top of that, and we're still top of the league. And Man City have now got to do something. I, I'm fearing I might start to sound like Kevin Keegan here, but um, you know, I, I would love it <laughs> if we beat them. But uh, you know, they've still got to go. To, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to do the Kevin Keegan run. But you know, they've still got to get the. Past Spurs, you know, they've got to go to Old Trafford and get points. You know, obviously, I'm, I'm a bit worried. We, we don't kind of relax now, you know, because we, we've had the so-called harder games out the way and we've got more winnable games now for our running. I just hope we don't get complacent in those games. I can't see that we will, but, you know, we, we can't take the eye off the ball at all. And we've got to be targeting 12 points from the last four games now. And I think, you know, if we do that, then we've got an absolutely fantastic chance because surely, surely, surely Man City, something has to give between now and the end of the season. Absolutely. I mean, I'm glad you didn't do your Kevin Keegan rant because that does not end well. As, as you know, history has taught us something and that is definitely, you know, something that we should all take note from. I think to answer your question, Tadeva, I, I think Sam's made some really good points. And for me, um, what he's just said there is we've got points on the board, um, regardless of, you know, the games in hand. And I think now the media and, you know, um, will be looking at Manchester City saying, saying, well, what are you going to do? What can you do now? Okay, you've got a game in hand. Are you going to win it? And I think there's a lot of pressure on this city side because they, you know, they have been talked up to be the greatest team in Premier League history, which I don't really agree with because I still think, um, in my opinion, um, I think the Arsenal Invincible side was better. I, 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 I do stand by that, but I think there's been a lot of talk about this is like the greatest assembled side and it's Pep Guardiola and they're going for the quadruple. I think there's just more pressure on them because they have won it. Can they retain it? Uh, can they, you know, so it's all those things. So for me, I think the pressure is on Manchester City. Where do you stand, um, Tadeva? Where do you think the media will, um, uh, will point their sort of, um, agenda towards? I'm hoping they pointed towards Man City, but going on president, it doesn't seem like we're a liked club, to, to be fair. I think that's a fair statement to make. Um, mm. I don't understand why. I'm not just saying it because I'm a Liverpool supporter, but surely isn't it great for football if Liverpool win the league? Come on. I think, it's, I, I think for me, it, it seems like it's just schadenfreude. It's just the joy of this is a team that always seems to fall short in recent history. Mm. Um, so they're just going to pile that on. But then... When you look at the likes of Spurs, they're also in a similar situation, but they don't get treated the same. I, I, I don't know. I just think it's it's just one of those things where people are desperate to keep us down. Um, but yeah, we we it's clearly on the pitch, off the pitch, um, we seem to be putting up quite a fight, and it would just it it just makes it so much sweeter when when we do get that 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 title. Um, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait for that. I think in terms of um, playing it from a Liverpool player's perspective in terms of playing the media and stuff like that because 
as Sam has said, our fixtures are maybe easier. It's not, it's not necessarily about slipping up now. It's more about just being professional, just professional football, seeing team games out. Um, yeah, I think the pressure surely is on the city players. They have to, they have to win that Champions League game against Spurs. I, I don't think they not not just owners, but they the, the reputation of Pep can take not going through into the semi-finals, especially yeah. having been given a Spurs team that possibly could be without Harry Kane um, in that game. So the pressure is going to be on them to do everything to get through that game. What I'm hoping for is like maybe a last-minute winner for City. Um, I'm I'm not going to say that too loud. Um, no, don't. <laughs> but just so that they put in all their energy and effort throughout that whole game, and then yes, they go through, which means they're going to have more games to play. But it just then puts the fire in the belly of the Spurs players heading into the weekend because I have a feeling whoever wins over the during the week is the one that's not going to win over the weekend. Um, so yeah, that's how I see it playing out. Mm, interesting, interesting. And, you know, I love the fact that you kind of said you are a City last minute winner. Um, I hope your partner doesn't hear that. And Sam, uh, I'm going to come to you. Any lasting thoughts, anything you'd like to share um, uh, before we kind of um, go to man of the match? I'm not sure about a last minute City winner. I think that might might galvanise them and give them a massive boost. But uh, maybe giving them extra time would be nice if that's possible. Uh, maybe go to penalties or something. Just play, just just kill their legs as much as we possibly can, uh, mm. just to give us the best chance. You know, don't don't get me wrong. I'm desperate for us to win the Champions League as well. And you know, Man City going out to the Champions League would give us an even better chance of doing that. But there's no two ways about it. If I was to pick, it's the league all day long. You know, we, we've had our Champions League glory. We've enjoyed that. I, I want it again. But I'm so, so desperate for this league title. And I think from day one this season, you know, I wrote an article at the start of the season analysing our fixture list. And I said we had a fantastic chance of winning the title this season because everything was lined up really well for us. Uh, we had a home game after every single Champions League group game. Um, so we were really lucky in that sense. We had a nice-ish start to the season fixture-wise and we've got a nice-ish finish to the season fixture-wise as well. Very winnable games. So the way that the fixture list was set up, I always thought we had a chance this season. I just didn't think it would be... We would need to get so many points again. I thought maybe City would drop a lot more points this season, but it looks like it's going to be a ridiculous points tally yet again that's going to be winning this time. So um, it's just it's it, it's a dream come true to see us in this position, and I just I just hope that whatever happens now is nothing but positivity all the way through to the very last game, and just see where it leaves us. Absolutely. And I think for me, my lasting takeaway from this is uh, I think every time Tadiva comes on, we always talk about players, um, you know, mentality. And of course, uh, Man City were the early game and of course they won their game. And I love the fact that, you know, the fact that, you know, this was a, a Chelsea side. And I think Sam said we've not beaten them at home in, in seven years. And, you know, that thing looming on you and of course l- losing the title to Manchester, um, to Manchester City against Chelsea five years ago as well. You know, that must have played on, you know, on, on the team's head as well, even though a lot of the players weren't there. 
But, you know, that all looming over your head. And, of course, Manchester City winning. And, you know, you're effectively, you've got your game in hand, but you must win it. And, you know, all those odds kind of stacked up against you. And for you to deliver a performance like that, I, I, I have to give so much credit to, you know, the players, the coaching staff, the manager. And, you know, I think for me, it's, it's almost like a team that is destined to be champions. You know, because those odds were, like, in my opinion, massively stacked up against them. I think a lot of people thought Liverpool might draw against Chelsea. Yeah, we we touched on this last week, didn't we? Just the the balls this team are showing now is incredible. Like, look back at the 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 Man United side that used to piss us off so much. The amount of close, tight games that they were just dragging themselves through was unbelievable. And that's something that we're showing in spades this season. It's it's a lot, a lot of character. You know, we can't do what Man City are doing with the abundance of players they have that they can bring off the bench and blow teams away every week. And they seem to score the first goal in the first five, ten minutes every game at the moment. Mm. Uh, we have to go a bit more pragmatic about it. And we have to bide our time and we're, we're just grinding games out and showing real bottle and, and real quality as well. And it's something that, that stands us in great stead. And just thinking of Man City now, that we're not going away. They, they would have thought by now they'd have had the league title sewn up and they can concentrate 100% on the Champions League. That ain't happening, Man City. Now you've got a really, really tough job to get this title again. Couldn't agree more. Right. Okay, guys. I think we've kind of discussed things there. And, um, you know, some key things happen in that game that kind of make you believe that maybe it's meant to happen with, you know, the Allison saves and Virgil van Dijk against, you know, um, Higuain, some wonderful stuff. Guys, let's talk man of the match. I think we have so many good shots. Who, you know, I'm actually intrigued to see who you give it to. I mean, you can give it to Sadio Mane. You could give it to Mo Salah. You can give it to Alisson. You can give it to Virgil van Dijk. You can give it to Fabinho. You can give it to even Jordan Henderson, you know, if only he played the full 90 because I thought he was magnificent. Uh, you know, there's just so many great shouts. Um, I'm intrigued. So, you know what, Tadiva, I'll let you kick this off. Where are you going to go? I think I'm going to... Oh, I was going to give it to Jordan Henderson. I, I really... You know what? I'm going to give it to him. Fair I'm going to go for all the stick he's got this season. And, you know, um, for the time that he was on the pitch, I thought he showed the energy, showed the character, as Rogers likes to say. And then the composure for the assist. And I think the cool thing for him is, and we saw it in this game as well, is because he's so willing to run in behind Salah, it just opens up the field even more for Salah because he has Alexander-Arnold and Henderson both running past him. Defenders have to either drop off or you know, stick with Salah and then he can just pass the ball off. So it's given him more freedom. So it's a lot of selfless running that Henderson is doing for this team at the moment. And then also he's starting to become involved in the end product as well in terms of assists and then hopefully goals soon as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it to him. Fair enough. And you know what? I'm going to throw in a late shout as well, um, uh, just for consideration, Sam. Um, you can even give it to Shakiri for um, the goal celebration for Mosala, just running up to Jürgen Klopp and giving him a massive hug. Um, that was one of my highlights from the game as well. Uh, Who is your man of the match? So Tadeva's gone with Jordan Henderson. I think it's a great shout. Yeah, it's an excellent shout. I think Henderson was brilliant today again. He was 
he was doing everything you'd ex- expect of a captain in a title running. And he does seem to be a player that's kind of been been freed of some responsibility now. And it's given him a chance to express himself in a way that he hasn't been able to for a long time this season. And I think it's brilliant. And it's it's given us, as Tadiwa said there, because he's making these runs from deep, it, it does give the front three that, that little bit more space on occasion because the defence have got that little bit extra to worry about then and something else to think about. So, um, you know... <sighs> There's so many guys in there. Fabinho, absolutely vital for us to keep us in there. You know, Virgil, so, so composed. So many counter-attacks for Chelsea. And he just does this kind of side-straddling run thing that just, I don't know how he does it. And it's so, so composed. And, and you know, never in doubt, really calm. Alisson made some vital saves for us today. Um, Salah, brilliant. Firmino, brilliant. But I think, personally, I'd have to give it to... Uh, Sadio Mane, myself. I just think he was electric all day, uh, always a threat to them, ran his ass off, does a lot more work than maybe people give him credit for, mm-hmm. and also scored us that vital, vital, vital first goal today. So, yes. um, and, you know, joint top scorer for <laughs> Liverpool in the league this season as well. I just think, personally, for me, I'd, I'd like to give it a Sadio Mane. I love that. For a second, I thought you were going to give it for, to the entire team, but I'm glad you picked one. And Brett is also giving it to Jordan Henderson. You're giving it to Sadio Mane. Oh my God, we're, we're not. We're, it's, it's a hung man of the match because I'm going to give it to Alisson because if he doesn't save those, we draw that game 2-2. Um, and for the reasons, the fact that he had nothing to do and when he was called into action, he was alert. And that's what you need in a world-class goalkeeper. But again, all the shouts that were mentioned not a single one of them is wrong. And it's great that when you play a team like Chelsea, you have at least six players in contention for man of the match. That is, in my opinion, a sign of a very, very good performance. Yep. Okay. So listeners, let us know who is your man of the match and give your reasons why I'm intrigued. So Tadiva's gone with Henderson. Sam's gone with Sadio Mane. Both excellent shots. And I've gone with Alison. So let us know your thoughts. Let us know. I'm intrigued. Guys, um, we are at the end of the Nina Kaza show. A massive thank you to all you awesome people who tuned in live on Discord to listen to us. Awesome subscribers. We love it. Thank you, Rowan, for being a caller, the only caller. The rest of you were quite shy today. And of course, my guests, Sam and Tadiva. But before I let them go, it's all about plugs. So Tadiva, I'll come to you first. Anything to plug? Yeah, um, just the wrestling podcast. We did a wrestling podcast last week, obviously, WrestleMania's the Super Bowl, the Champions League final of, of the wrestling industry. And, um, you know, WWE had their first ever African-American WWE champion, which is crazy to think in 2019 that that's only happening now. Yeah, You could argue The Rock was the first, but, um, you know, in, in, in terms of tr- maybe true African mm-hmm. yeah. champions, yeah, um, I think Kingston, Kofi Kingston is the first. Um, so that was a big moment. We had a chat about that. And then also a shout out to Tiger Woods, who just won the Masters. Sorry, spoiler alerts. But um, wow, what a weekend of golf he played. That that was pretty fun to watch. I had it in the corner of my eye uh, for most of the weekend. So yeah, well done to him. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. And um, what about yourself, Sam? Anything to plug? Um, I'm going to in recent, but I'm going to dig out my... Um... <laughs> Start, start of the season. No, nothing dodgy. Uh, I'm, gonna, 
I'm going to dig out an article that I wrote back in August of 2018, which was the uh, fixture analysis for the season. That got a lot of positive response, I remember. Yeah, so I'm going to pin that to my profile. Uh, But just you'd have a look, because obviously, you know, you might think Mystic Sam or something if we do end up winning the league. But um, yeah, I took a look at the fixtures at the start of the season and thought, it was going to be the best chance we've had in a long time to try and win the league. So I'll dig that out. And if you do fancy having a look at it, um, it's, it'll be on my Twitter pinned at the top. And my Twitter handle is at Sambo Evans. Yep. Do follow Sambo Evans. And Tadiva's Twitter handle is at the Ace of Knaves. So check both of them out. Give them a follow. They're both awesome Reds. Talk a really good game. For my part, um, there's loads of awesome stuff coming your way on the free side. Um, you know, that'd be the main AI pod. There'll probably be a writers as well, possibly a face-off as well with Guy Drinkle, some incredible content. And on the pro side, um, I believe there will be a post-match row with Dave Hendrick and, you know, the likes of... Um, Trev Downey as well, so do check that out. There'll be a rate don't hate coming your way. I believe under pressure's happening. The Molby on the spot with the awesome Jan Molby, the legend Jan Molby, that'll be coming your way. And um, I will be back um, for Euro Incision as well. So if you want to check all those shows out, all you need to do is go to www.anfieldindex.com forward slash join. There is a seven day free trial, some awesome content. And of course, on the free side, all you got to do is download the app and you have so much great, great, great content. That's free and some awesome articles as well. Like Sam's just said there, he wrote one he knew all along the oracle um so yeah do check us out on anfield index thank you so much for listening once again a massive thank you to all those who listened live with us i will be back post cardiff till next time up the reds Podcast Network.